G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Taxes. We all pay them. They're a fact of life. But what if the tax collectors were dishonest? What if they collected tax for an occupying power and lined their pockets at the same time? How would you feel about tax then? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take another look at this Jesus from a different perspective. It is just great to be with you again today. One of the things I really hate doing each year is my tax return. It's not that I begrudge paying taxes, and most times I get a refund from the tax man. It's just the effort of working through my affairs, and I don't know, putting it all together, just something I don't like doing. Now, we live in a system in the 21st century, which by and large is a fair tax system. We may argue that maybe we pay too much or the balance across society isn't equitable, but at least it's applied even-handedly and consistently. So as much as tax may not be our favourite part of life, we live with it. But how would we feel if the people collecting the tax were dishonest? I mean, if they were able just to increase tax because they wanted to and we had no recourse, or if they took bribes to reduce our tax, or, or if they applied one standard to you and another to me, my hunch is... We wouldn't be very happy with those people at all. Over these next few weeks, we're going to spend some time heading towards Easter looking at this whole question of who the heck is this Jesus? There are so many claims about Jesus and counterclaims and stained glass window sort of images of him and, you know, who is this Jesus that the whole Easter fuss is all about? And the way we're going to look at that, the way we have been this week and will continue on over the next few weeks, is just to step through some just some real-life stories that are in the historical account of Jesus' life, things that he dealt with, things that we have to deal with today. And one of the things that Jesus dealt with were tax collectors. Now, we have a picture of what tax is in our society. Tax is a fairly clean, paper-based, hands-off cash transaction. We know that we have to have tax. Hospitals and schools and police and defence forces and all the services that we need to have as a society, we have to pay taxes for. And, yeah, we don't like paying tax, but we'd all say, of course we have to pay tax. Tax was a different proposition in the first century in Israel. In the first century in Israel, Israel, like most of the other countries in the civilised world, were a part of the Roman Empire. Rome had conquered the known world. They weren't only the superpower, they actually invaded and conquered all the countries that were known, and that included Israel. Now, Israel saw themselves because they were God's chosen people. This land had been promised to them. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and right through the Old Testament history, it's all about how Israel was brought into God's promised land. They resented Roman occupation, but to make it worse, Rome was brutal sometimes. The world power, they had a brutal army, they ruled with an iron fist, they had administrative systems, they had centurions and armies occupying the land, and they levied taxes on the Israelites, on the Jews. And those taxes, by and large, didn't fund 
local infrastructure, roads, tunnels, water systems, sewerage systems, electricity generators, that's not where the taxes went. The taxes, by and large, went back to Rome to fund the excesses of the Roman Empire and the Roman army, which occupied all the known countries in the world. Well, so the Jews, of course, were delighted with, uh, with this system of tax. <laughs> not. I mean, they resented it enormously. Not only were they occupied, not only were they God's people, the salt was rubbed in the wound when they had to pay these enormous taxes and send them back to Rome to pay for the Colosseum and all the stuff that was happening in the Roman Empire. To make things just a bit worse, the Romans appointed Jewish tax collectors. It was like a franchise operation. You got to take the franchise and you sat at a toll gate to tax trade or or you had different ways of, of taxing. But effectively, you are one of the Jews, one of the God's chosen people. If you became a tax collector, you were then taxing your fellow people on behalf of Rome. And the tax collectors were really well known to be corrupt. They took bribes. They often levied much higher taxes than were necessary so that they could lie in their pockets. You're getting the picture here? These people were enforcing rule, ripping off their compatriots and lining their own pockets and being dishonest. They were the scum of the earth as far as their fellow Israelites were concerned. Right. Jesus comes along. Jesus, by now, as we pick up the story, has rock star status. He's been out there healing lepers. We spoke about the leper yesterday, and he's been healing blind people, and he's, he's been preaching with power and authority, not like the religious leaders of the day. He was really connecting with people. There was something gritty and real about how he presented God's love when he spoke. The religious leaders who were kind of in bed with the Roman rulers, the priests and the teachers, they were not happy with Jesus. Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher. He calls fishermen to be his disciples. He gets up and preaches in the synagogue and in the temple. He offends the religious leaders. But then he does something that no one, no one in their wildest dreams or imagination could have predicted he would do. He calls a tax collector, Levi, to be one of his disciples. A tax collector, He's already got fishermen, that's bad enough. Now he picks a tax collector. He finished speaking to a huge crowd. He walks away from them along the road and he comes to one of these tax booths on the road that I was talking about before. And there's this man, Levi, in there. And Jesus looks at him and says, Levi, come and follow me. Levi became one of the 12 disciples. That night, Jesus goes to dinner at Levi's place. And Levi invites all his friends who are, well, not surprisingly, tax collectors. So Jesus is having dinner with a bunch of people who are the scum of the earth. Can you imagine the smear campaign that the religious leaders ran against him? Can you imagine what people said? Here are you saying that you're the son of God and you go and have dinner with these tax collectors, the scum of Rome. I guess from the religious leaders' perspective, that was a reasonable thing for them to say. How does Jesus respond to that? How does he bounce back? How does he deal with this as he speaks to the religious elitists, to the people who ultimately led to his demise, who ultimately had him crucified, the same people who ostracised and demonised the tax collectors? You know, one, one solution in our society for fixing all the ills is just increase jail terms. You know, when people do things wrong, make them longer and longer. Just lock them away and throw away the key. And ultimately, we could have everyone in jail. That was the approach of the religious leaders. They ostracised, they pushed away. There was no attempt 
to rehabilitate, no attempt to connect, no attempt to build bridges. This is what Jesus says. He says, look, those people who are well, they don't need a doctor. But those who are sick, well, they do. And I've come exactly for that reason, to be a doctor to these people. In religion is about throwing stones. That's what the religious leaders were doing. People who are wrapped up in religiosity want to throw rocks at other people. Jesus had a different approach. One of the things that Jesus never did was water down his view of the things that were wrong. He never said that what's wrong is okay. But he dealt with those things directly and honestly, not by throwing rocks, but by building bridges. Not by ostracizing, but by loving And when I hear people who say, I'm a Christian, want to throw rocks at people and tell them how wrong they are, I just want to scream sometimes saying, Church, stop throwing rocks at people. Let's look at what Jesus is like. What's he like? He doesn't throw rocks at people. In fact, the only people he ever criticised was the religious leaders. It wasn't about issues and dogma for him. For Jesus, it was about people's lives. It was about the future for them. I love that about Jesus. some really exciting news for you. This day program, A Different Perspective, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to get to know Jesus better and draw ever closer to him as their Lord and Saviour. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give today will grow to reach nearly 3,000 people with a gospel message. How incredible is that? That means that a gift today of, say, $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can give securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.